Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's Mad Men. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we are back with Season 5, Episode 7, entitled At the Codfish Ball. Yes, we are. Uh, what did you think of the Codfish Ball? Um, I thought it was a notch below the last two, three weeks, but still a excellent hmm. hour of television. An eight, right. an 8 on the Mad Men scale. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the home run, no pun intended, that uh, they hit last week at the 1919 World Series. But it was a good follow-up to that episode, I felt. I mean, I didn't think you could beat Pete getting beat. But then Roger dropped acid. Uh Uh-huh, and that beat it. And (laughs) this was just, I mean, how can you top that? I I really don't know how you could have. Roger unlocking universal consciousness? (laughs) Uh, He kind of did already, didn't he? I mean, he's totally resolved on his issues, I think, for for at least the time being. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. He's at least happy. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, uh, an eight's a fair assessment of it. I mean, last week was a ten, and yeah. the Pete getting beat episode is a nine. So that's just my personal nine and scale. And a half. Yeah, the extra yeah. half was. Uh, Got to say the nine and a half when he blows his head off with that uh, <laughs> rifle. <laughs> okay. Is sure, sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you don't have any news, let's get into the recap. Do it. Uh, first scene is Sally calling Bobby, who we haven't seen in a very long time. Glenn. Bob. Bobby's her brother. That would be creepy. Yeah. Sorry. Almost. Glenn, Actually, Glenn. Scratch, scratch that. Her calling Bobby would be significantly less creepy than her calling Glenn. <laughs> yeah, Glenn is significantly more creepy than her brother, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but they chat about Bluto and his breakup with some girl that we don't know about. Um, and Bluto comes and trips over the phone cord. Breaks can, her ankle. Can we make a gentleman's agreement not to talk about Glenn's physical appearance? Sure. I feel like you have to be at least 18 well, before we no. unleash. No, no, no I, wait, I'm sorry. Stop. You you don't get a pass when you wear what he was wearing at the end of this All right, episode. we can talk about how he's dressed. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But no mention of thunder thighs or... <laughs> Which you just mentioned. Anything like that. No. <laughs> uh, okay, we won't mention it at all. Gentleman's agreement. You will not hear that here. Okay. Um, so where do you think Glenn is right now? I don't know, like in some kind of boys' school. It looked to me like that. Yeah, I mean, like, he's like not a boarding school, old prep enough. school, something. He's not on all for college, right? I no, certainly not. So, but he's in some kind of dorm environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? It's summertime too. Yeah, because I don't think Sally's in school. I feel like we should know this. I feel like they said this at the last last season. Uh, I, well, I certainly don't remember it if they did. Um, but I haven't, I don't remember seeing him for a, a long while. So. Well, he was in last se- I mean, that's the whole reason, uh, um, when they moved away, when they was, moved. Yeah. Yeah. They were apparently still in contact cause she's been calling him. Right. Uh, I didn't know about that. 
but uh, let's move on. Okay. Don carries Megan's father's bags, uh, who I guess his name is Emil, up to the apartment where Megan and her mother are waiting for Don. Um, uh, they're kind of having a discussion there, and I, I don't know her parents, man. What do you think of her parents? Uh, they're a little crazy, right? Yeah. Well, they're French. I mean, they, French Canadian. They, they are. Uh, they obviously uh, have some problems with each other because we see the fight later. I also, I gotta say, I liked how uh, Emile mm-hmm. gave the uh, fantastic Mr. Fox whistle upon entering the <laughs> Draper residence. Did he? It, it's worthy of that, man. It's oh, a yeah. Nice pad. That's a nice pad. Did sure. you recognize Marie? Uh, I didn't. I I know that she's someone famous, but I've never seen what she was in. She's Julia Ormond, who I had a long-term crush on. She starred in movies such as the uh, Sean Connery, King Arthur epic First Nights, and the failed Harrison Ford remake of Sabrina, where she played Sabrina. Oh, my mom loves that movie. Uh, Yeah, she loves it. Better than the original? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but she liked that movie. She watched it a lot. Um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously... I haven't seen first night in a long time <laughs> i think they played that they have like almost casual contempt for each other yeah yeah i mean but she's still together. accusing him of being well so what yeah <laughs> i think they're together just for the sake of being together you know it's i mean not... i don't know what kind of sick relationship they have at this point but they oh, are I together think we get good indications of it no but i mean are they together are they one of those couples that are together because they don't know how to you know, take the first step to be apart? Are they together because they have some kind of weird cyclical cycle thing that they go through? I don't know. It but feels like, a lot like Jane and, and Roger were last episode. Right. Know, or yeah. throughout the entire marriage, I guess. Interesting, yeah. So so she's needling him about his, the conflict between his jealousy of, I guess, Don's wealth versus his yeah. politics, and then he needles her when she... You know, starts to kind of casually flirt with Don. He says, ah, she's fooled you into thinking she's particular. Well, also, it was her drinking there as well. He was talking about some cognac that yeah. he bought for, and she was like, oh, you remembered. And he's like, oh, she's fooled you into think she's particular. Right, about the alcohol, but clearly he's talking about men. And he's, yeah, he, he, and he also says, I'm proof of that. But so. So, so it's almost like he's being self-deprecating, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of calling her a whore is how I took it. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I hadn't considered She's that. not particular. Any old man will do, you know. But, I, I mean, he's got a point considering the end of this episode. Oh, I mean. <laughs> he's he's nails her. He knows it. There's certainly ample reason for the malice both of them have for each other. Definitely. That's yeah. the interesting thing. Yep. Um, so then we move on to Roger having dinner with his ex-wife, Mona. Wait, did you miss that Sally, this is, the, at the end of this, Sally calls to tie the first scene together so he and she interrupts their dinner uh by having a phone call okay then we yeah, go to, yeah yeah don gets a phone call from her um so mona and roger having dinner uh mona is his ex-wife and he asks him i guess to connect her or if he, yeah he asks her to connect him with some powerful people in the acs sure uh american cancer society and I, I don't know how many people know this, but the actress who plays Mona is actually John Slattery's real wife. Yeah. His real-life wife. Talia Balsam, I believe is her name. Ooh, uh, okay. Do you uh, know who she was? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Get this. Do you oh know who boy. she was married to before she was married to John Slattery? John Hamm. 
Uh, the only person that possibly be cooler, no. George Clooney. Whoa! Holy cow! She has excellent taste in men. I mean, apparently so. I don't know how big of a dick dicks they are, mm. but as far as classy, yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, it's interesting here that um, what is Roger saying? Roger's saying something about. Uh, the, the 1919 World Series and how he saw right. it and how the game was – he realized that the game was thrown his entire life. So he's realizing, I think, that Pete – what Pete said to him is actually true. Right. He has not been trying. He hasn't ever had to try. Yeah. Because he's just been handed everything on a silver platter. And now that Lucky Strike is gone, uh, he like he says, I lost everything when we lost Lucky Strike. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let uh, our uh, correspondent Shep fill us in there because I'm not aware of all the implications of the baseball game. Um but he says, if you're not aware, the 1919 World Series was scandalized because the White Sox became known as the Black Sox because eight players on the team took a dive. Yeah, this was that that movie with um, uh, the guy who plays Ed Murrow in that other movie. You got me, <laughs> I man. I get Field of Dreams, not Field of Dreams. It's the other baseball movie. Eight Men Out, I think. Uh, That's the name of it. Uh, he said, uh, obviously handling, handing the series to the Reds, just as Roger alluded to everything being handed to him. Mm-hmm. So that... I'm glad someone wrote into that because I did not get that reference, and that makes perfect sense. And you think your analysis is spot on there. Yeah, and people who haven't seen Eight Men Out, go check that out because it's really good. So she just he just wants a hookup from her. Uh, he's also become something of a LSD evangelist. Like, yeah, he seems like maybe even wearing it a little thin based on other people's reactions later on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, based on Don's reactions. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, rightfully so. He did have a pretty clear realization about what he's been doing wrong. What do you think about Mona's an es- uh, uh, assessment here that I first I thought you left because I got old, then I realized you did? Uh, spot on, man. Spot Why? on. So, so what she's saying is him leaving her for, for Jane younger, yeah. was more about him being old than her being too old. Yeah, it was a, I don't know... I forget when he did this. It wouldn't have been a midlife crisis. I guess it would have been a, a later than midlife crisis. Later than midlife crisis, <laughs> right? So he but felt yeah, old, so he wanted to somehow vampirically feast on the youth of someone. <laughs> feast on the souls of the young, <laughs> right? Feast on the scotch of the young. They have so much life. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, the Drapers have dinner, and Megan's mother stumbles off to bed. So uh, we see here again that she's a lush. I mean, she... She loves the booze, and she's super drunk. When she stands up, I mean, John Hamm, I think, gets up and, like, pulls a chair out, and then she, like, braces on a meal to try right. to get past him. It's crazy. Right. She's had a lot to drink. And she just passes the hell out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things here. We see that Sally does not like fish. That's important. And since yeah. she's a big girl who's kind of uh, uh, being treated as a minor hero for saving... Uh, Bluto's life by elevating her legs and keeping her calm till the paramedics came. Uh, uh, she's getting treated to spaghetti, so she doesn't have to eat the fish that she doesn't like. Yeah, at significant, least not yet. Significant later. I only yeah. mentioned that because it's significant later. <laughs> yeah, that is not a talking point unless I, we get to the. There's end. a little ex- a weird exchange here where uh, Don's answering Bobby's question about a meal. You know, sh- giving people shots because that's all yeah. little kids care about. Uh, and he explains that doctors are, you know, anyone with a high degree, and he says it's from the Middle Ages, and then Emil says that's right. Gives him a little tip of the glass, too. Well, the but, but 
knowing what we know about Emil and how much kind of contempt he has for Donna's lifestyle, is that genuine impressment or is he, I can never tell if this man's sincere or not. I think, uh, it feels to me like what he's looking for from Don is respect. And that the, the knowledge that his degree is advanced and he, he's an intellectual is a, a tip of the hat to Emil, right? Mm. Like that's, that's the respect that he craves. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more of that he gets during this episode. Probably not. Oh, I think I just got your, this dialogue with me, with you rather, uh, has enlightened me for something later on in the uh, ah, episode. I'm known for that. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Did I tell you that? You're distractingly bright. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what I think that is. Okay. So let's go on. Thank God Megan took the cigarette from her mom or she would have set herself on fire. Yeah, no kidding. Fall like asleep with a burning cigarette. Like how often does this woman almost die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She has Wake to up be... with her drapes on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, all right. Abe has lunch with Peggy and the rest of the copywriters. And I forget what goes on in this scene. There's... Abe leaves. I know that they're talking about working on the Playtex ads. That are talking about bras and how Peggy is trumping the men's input because she's a woman, and Mm -hmm. they're kind of teasing her about that. And Abe, that's right. The whole point is like I thought Abe looked kind of annoyed with the banter that you know she's kind of having this playful, slightly sexy banter with these men at their office, and then he can't even participate because he's got to rush off to make it to his work at home. Yeah, and I mean that might annoy him a little bit because he knows that's what goes on every day there right and she's not quite flirting with these guys but you know proximity uh that whole thing and he's starting to wheels in his head like man these guys spend more time with her than i do exactly uh we get a shot of ginsburg here not much ginsburg in the last few episodes um all right let's move on right donna maggie get ready for bed and talk about her parents uh don't remember what happens there either. <laughs> <laughs> Don, so first of all, uh, we find that Don reads James Bond. And of course he does, yeah. right? Uh, I, if you're going to be that cool, you got to take lessons from somebody. I saw on the internet, it might be on our Facebook page, but if not, it was definitely on either our Facebook page or Reddit where someone says, uh, Don doesn't just read James Bond. James Bond reads Don Draper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good but, point. But Don constantly tries to get her parents out of the equation. Um, and Megan kind of gets wise to it and, and, uh, she illuminates to Don. Do you think this is genuine or not that Don acted unaware that his mom was kind of being flirty with her touching him and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I felt like Don's response was genuine. Doesn't she, doesn't he say, uh, she's French Yeah, <laughs> as an excuse? I couldn't tell if he was being genuine with her or whether it was a cover of like, he's just being like, oh, I didn't notice. Now make it less uh, weird. Cause if he's like, oh, yeah. totally. I noticed your mom yeah. perving on me. <laughs> Hell yeah. I noticed I'm alive. Aren't I? That would become of Cross's little, make, <laughs> make the situation weird. worse. Definitely. Um, so then he shakes her hand in bed and yeah. says good night. So I guess they can't have sex. They can't eat, they can have quiet staying. sex. You can have quiet sex. Nah, parents are staying, man. No sex. <sighs> I guess. It just feels like you could, again, have quiet sex. Do you, is quiet sex even worth having? I, <laughs> may, I don't know. With these two, they might yeah, like where they, there's, they there's get, multiple get, body get slams and no. there's probably choking and submission holds. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, not for them. No. <laughs> All right. So then Don's at work uh, in his office, and he's reading a book trying to teach himself French. Mm-hmm. When Megan drops by his office to 
basically hand him the Heinz pitcher on a silver platter. Hell yeah. And she's got this idea that she came up with at dinner the previous night uh, while she was dishing out spaghetti. And it's a good idea, right? And, I thought the pitch was pretty strong. And Don was really slow on the pickup because she had to be like, look, it's it's about the fucking beans. Yeah. You know, so it's like a generational enjoyment of food that it's a constant, this right, you know, mothers to their children. And it's all about love and family. And she even works in the future where they go back all the way from a caveman up to, you know, enjoying beans in the, in the moon, on the mm-hmm. moon. And what I thought was hilarious is, did you hear what the B pitch was? No. <laughs> Something about a human cannonball. What? And Don's like, uh, human cannonball? Fuck your human cannonball. Get get in here. <laughs> Everyone has to hear how brilliant my wife is. <laughs> but that's what he said. He's like, cancel the human okay. cannonball pitch. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell would a Heinz Beans human cannonball pitch look like? Well, he like... He called the copywriters and said, you're off charrette or something like that, which is, I looked it up, it's like a battery company. Okay. So maybe the cannonball thing was for them ah. instead of Hans Beans, because I don't know what you do with a cannonball and beans. Right. I mean, the All pitch the before the human cannonball was the human centipede beans ad, and <laughs> oh, it was yeah. not good at all. No, the Heinz guy. Something uh, about beans being refried or... <laughs> Re-something. Yeah, yeah. recycled. <laughs> it doesn't, wasn't going anywhere. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Yes. <laughs> so Abe calls Peggy to set up dinner at a fancy restaurant, mm. and Stan and Ginsburg complain about the new Heinz pitch. Uh, they're like, man, why didn't I think of that? And there's no way that Megan thought of that. Surely not, says Stan. Mm. I think Stan's a huge asshole. Like, he always has yes. kind of been an asshole. Yeah. But I forgot how much of an asshole he is because he hasn't been a huge asshole lately. Yeah, he's been. In season five. Well, so I think he was a huge asshole to Peggy until she kind of pushed back on him. So if Megan's never pushed back on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about season five because, like I said, yeah. it had been 18 months before the season. And I hadn't remembered exactly how much of an asshole he is. But a couple right. comments in this episode, like. Uh, he's the super too attractive for you to Peggy with Abe. Yeah, in that scene earlier, that's just him teasing her. Um, I think the sexist comment he made yeah. about Megan was more genuine. Stan, if that mm-hmm. makes a sense. Yeah, there's no way she came up with this. Right, it, it felt sincere. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't like that guy, man. So, what do you think about Peggy automatically jumping to? I think he's going to end it all uh, after their fight last episode i felt like that's a possibility i didn't think it was that big of a fight man yeah but they've never really been on great terms mm. i don't think that's what you say i, I thought i saw something genuine there in the first episode <laughs> of season five I've, i do i read peggy like i read a book of no words <laughs> i it she doesn't is make sense. an odd duck um now what'd you make of Joni? uh of joan here was her kind of pep talk with her mm genuine or was she setting herself up for some failure or how did you see that playing out uh i felt like it she was genuinely trying to help peggy um and this is when peggy goes into her office and asks about what what's going down right if she can get out of something meeting yeah right um the thing here is joan just joan makes a comment that really tipped her hand on getting out of her last relationship um I can't remember exactly what it was, but she's educating Peggy and just like, yeah, there's something there. I think that's the next scene. The next scene you're talking about the piece of paper versus piece of paper. Yeah. She said that, you know, they're talking about 
when Peggy is trying to justify her living in sin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's just a piece of paper or marriage. Like that. Oh, is that no, what you're no, talking no. about? Uh-uh. Oh, well, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. No, something about men ignore you. Like, men don't take the time oh, to to call it that's off. That's true. They just ignore you. That's what her husband did. He, yes. He was away at war, granted. Right. But he chose to go back. He was choosing to ignore her for another year. I felt like that was her kind of uh, dishing out her own issues. Uh, yeah, because I don't think that's an accurate portrayal. Although, I don't know. It seems like a lot of the guys I do know do seem to be distressingly non-confrontational when it comes to ending relationships like they they do kind of go with the ignore it and it goes away kind of approach or stop trying and then the girl will eventually figure out and leave you well that was certainly uh also roger's plan you know with jane i mean he's just yeah ignoring it completely until he woke up yeah and we know their relationship uh jones and rogers Right. right so yeah i i felt it was genuine um roger goes to don to brag about the opportunity that they're going to have at the acs dinner mm-hmm. uh all these big wigs of the the titans of industry. industry are going to be there and we'll get to woo them uh, they're being yeah. they're being lowered down a <laughs> uh was a mine shaft by their feet no i think they're being lowered a gold down mine a, a bucket into a gold mine yeah it? and yeah. he's going to bring his pick and pick off some of that yeah and then, so Don tries to play it like, uh, you know, this is like an altruistic, we're not there to make money. Mm-hmm. I thought Roger had, like, the line of the night. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, this, talking about why do good people do good things. Maybe Jesus was just chasing the fishes and loaves account. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, he busts out some of that, like, uh, hippie wisdom. Oh, like, yeah. you know that when people are looking at you, they're not, re- you know, they're not necessarily looking at you. Mm-hmm. And Don comes back with... Uh, yeah, you know, that uh, a lot, millions of people that haven't taken LSD or realize that, Roger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you think that has anything to do with the revelation that we get later that the tobacco guys aren't going to work with Don? Do you think, oh, well, they're watching him up on stage, but they're not looking at him in any business sort of way? Hmm. Possibly. And also, that's not just the tobacco executives. I mean, we had Firestone, uh, Ford yeah, Motor Company. It was everybody was there for the American Cancer Association, apparently. Yeah. And none or of them. American were Cancer Society. That's uh, bad news for Don. Which, yeah, we're when we get to that, I really want to talk about that because yeah, okay. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Uh, next scene Abe asks Peggy to move in over dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the distinct impression here that. There's something else going on with Abe. No, he's not. Oh, he's not just asking her to move in because he wants to move in, uh, or or because he yeah, loves her and wants to be with her. This is this is a crackpot theory. I'm calling it. It is a crackpot theory, but there are a couple mentions. I feel like he's broke. Abe is broke as a joke, and he needs somewhere to go. Like he's sleeping on the sidewalk, and he'd rather. I, I mean, we saw him in an apartment, in his apartment, last uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh. So I know that he still has his apartment, but I'm wondering if he's just not able to keep it up. Do you think he's going to start... he's a writer. So you think he's going to start sponging off... I mean, that's that will be interesting to see if he moves in with Peggy mm-hmm. and doesn't do anything. Yeah. Doesn't help her keep house, doesn't fears pay. come true. Uh, you know, the interesting thing I thought about this was, even though he's clearly not proposing to her... Yeah. Peggy treats it, you know, you can see she's first disappointed, but then she warms up to the idea, and then she's like, yes, like, I I will move in with yeah. you, I will marry you, and then when he says, do you still want to eat, she says, eat. I do. 
and gives this weird look. Yeah, like, this is there's I, I yeah, it does seem like they're setting up Peggy for some sort of disappointment here. Yeah, she's obviously not happy. She's looking at it one way and mm-hmm. this you know, this is like almost bad. This is better than marriage. This is like such a uh, you know, this is this is pure romance and all this other brouhaha, and I think you're right. Abe, even if he's not going to take advantage of her, this mm-hmm. is a much more just a convenience. Like, hey, you know, it'd yeah. be nicer if we just were with each other every night. He basically says that. Like, we can split the groceries. It's a hassle to come over yes. to bone you, so let's just move in together. Yep, yep. Like, that's pretty messed up. They're coming up. at it from different – I don't know if it's going to be as bad as you make it out, but they're definitely sure. coming at it from different perspectives. All right. Um, let's move on. Megan saves the day at the Heinz dinner. Well, uh, can I just say there are a plethora of dinners in this episode? Yes. I, I mean, there's the Draper family dinner. There's the Abe and Peggy dinner. There's uh-huh. the Heinz dinner. There's the codfish ball dinner. There's the Roger and Mona dinner at right. the beginning. So many dinners. How many times can you eat dinner? Yeah. Well, our listener Shep mentioned that and want to know if there was anything that we thought that was to it. And I don't. I, I here know. okay. So here's my thought: is that it's just an echoing of the, uh, or, or an inversion, or almost kind of a mockery of Megan's pitch concept that these meal times are these hmm. generational affairs. Because we also see, like, you know, like you said, there's multiple generations of Drapers, and you know, yeah. Peggy's the yeah. next ad generation, but. Instead of it being this wholesome thing, almost everyone comes away from these dinners with some sort of disappointment. That's true. Uh, I, I think this episode, in a lot of ways, is about people getting slightly disappointed. I mean, Don gets disappointed right. that, uh, at the very end there. Peggy got <laughs> disappointed when Abe asked her to move in. Nobody got what they wanted. Someone said the only one that got what they wanted was the Heinz guy and Roger. Roger didn't. Roger got no. his. Roger got his 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 cock sucked, but he didn't get no. what he wanted. What yeah. he wanted was relevance. He wanted to go there and knock it out of the park, and he came yeah. away empty-handed. So no one got what they wanted, other than the Heinz guy. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, so what did you think about Megan in this scene? Because I always thought in the previous episodes that she was very awkward at dinners, at business dinners. Um, well, it, it was, things. it was really kind of weird. Um, uh, so uh, first of all, I thought it was very odd that the guys were so slow on the uptake that they were going to be fired. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that, mm, I don't, I don't know why they, they filmed it that way. And I also thought that, uh, <laughs> I thought that I, since Don winding up to be like, uh, you know, give a kind of big fuck you, like he yeah. was starting to that. And then Megan stopped him and the gears kind of ground. And then I thought it was, it's been a long time since we've seen Don Draper do a Don Draper pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And he and rocked it. Was it. Amazing. As and, usual. He, and he did the right, I mean, he knew that he should take credit Mm-hmm. It'd be, it sounds stronger coming from him. Well, but then, Megan gave him the credit, too. Right. Yeah, 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 she said it's okay, but then he took and ran with it. But then he gave her enough credit. Mm-hmm. And then he also, you know, when the the Heinz buffoon said, well, did you ever think about having it be the same mother and child? And he's like, oh, wow, that's brilliant. You know, he gave, he also shared credit with the client. Hmm. Yeah. So, and let him have a little triumph. I mean, it was yeah, everything you wanted from a, a, a Don Draper pitch. Yeah, definitely. and it was brilliant. And I thought it was interesting because 
Ken just about got eye murdered. <laughs> yeah, he did. When he's, for some reason, about to cut Don off in mid-stride. And uh, then Ken, in turn, when he realized there was magic at work, uh-huh. and his uh, <laughs> Cynthia says, can I get some... Shut up! Yeah. There was an immediate turnaround on Ken's yeah. part. At first, he almost ruins it. Then he totally adds to it. Right, because he's he once he feels out, it's like this is I'm Don's weaving a spell. Yeah, no, not, don't let anyone disrupt it because this guy, you know, I think he figured out that oh shit, this this is a make or break moment. Yeah, and then Ken's like, oh, well, we can go down in the elevator eleven stories. And we can show you the work right now. Yeah, let's just, let's just get you signed right now. Yep. So way to close, Ken. Nice close. Um, there, there was a look when, when Megan says, oh, tell him about last night at dinner. I think that look is not Don going, hmm, what are you talking about? I think it's him realizing how good she is at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Okay. Because he, he pauses there for a long time. Well, plus he's gotta be, he had to gather his wits to come up with that. Cause he yeah. didn't do the pitch just exactly like Megan. He had to come mm-hmm. up with the whole you know, and, and notice that it wasn't it he wasn't had to go spaghetti. From conversation to pitch, right? And he brought it all yeah. about the beans, and he's you know he's making up some creative white lies and all that. So yeah, I think he there was a little bit of that, and also mm. a little bit of I got I got I, I only got one chance to do this. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, next scene is Don getting turned on by Megan's prowess at dinner. Yeah. Uh, he, he wants her right there in the cab. Successful ad pitches on Mad Men are like gunplay is on Justified. What do you mean? Well, An like... aphrodisiac? Yeah. <laughs> Every single time guns come out and there's women in the presence of Raylan, it's like an invitation <laughs> to bone. And same thing with... <laughs> ad success nice. comes, uh, you know, signals back to the office for some... Uh, I don't know, man. I yeah, saw, they go back to the office. I feel like I'm some, 16 tonight talking about it. I'm saying, I'm saying boning a lot. Some humping. Who the, I'm 35 years old. Why the fuck am I saying boning? They're, they're just going to dry hump He's going to make sweet love to his <laughs> sweet, dirty, filthy office sex love. <laughs> Don is going to be hiding under the couch so they won't know. They better check under the couch the, for Sally, actually. D-A-W-N is going to be hiding under the couch oh, because she's spending D-A-W-N. the night there. Yeah. And they're... Yeah. She's just terrified. Oh God! <laughs> Will the cat survive? Wow. Anyway, as as he body slams Megan, I like onto it that it. I don't think there's a week gone by that you haven't got confused when I refer to. It's confusing. We need to adopt the New York pronunciation. So you got Don and Dawn. Dawn. All right. Don and Dawn. Sounds good. Can we do that? Another gentleman's sure. agreement. Why not? All right, we're racking them up. All right. Next scene. Joan tells Peggy that Don. Sold Hines and Peggy, and Peggy tells her that Abe's going to move in. Yeah, she's like, oh, you didn't get married. No, it's better than that. Yeah, I, I could uh, maybe by the look of your fingers, you're not interested in uh, celebrating. That was a pretty good line. I like that. So, uh, again, I think Joan was sincere about this. And Yeah. Do you think that Peggy's reaction to this is kind of helping Joan's reaction you know, it's like, we're going to be modern women together. I'm leaving my husband because of this thing, and you're not even getting one, and that's okay. It's it's romantic, and it's adventure, and it's a beautiful statement. I, I felt like she's talking yeah. a, a, as much about her unconventional relationship as she was Peggy at that yeah, point. Yeah, and plus, uh, Peggy is not reliant on Abe in any way. Hell no. I mean, she's a completely independent woman. Right. Uh 
unlike Joan in a lot of ways, you know? I mean, Joan's goal has always been to find a guy and marry him. Like, that's season yeah, one right. right off the bat. It was like, bam, here's what you got to do to find a guy in this organization. Well, and we talked about that in, like, the first episode, how Joan's one of those that's right there on the cusp of that divide. Yeah. Where Peggy's on the other side. She's kind of on the fence. I feel like maybe she's going to hop back over on the other side of the fence. Joan is? I feel like, what's stopping Joan and Roger from getting back together and ruling the universe? Uh, Nothing now. That's what I'm saying. Nothing. I mean, Roger's just, not married. She's not married. Well, no, I, I the way she, well, I, I don't Roger's think they're div- still married at the moment. Well, and I think Joan is too. I don't think she's got a formal divorce. Uh, probably not. Yeah. So hasn't been long enough. Uh, but I mean, it'll happen eventually, right? Uh, the office then celebrates the closing of the Heinz deal, mm-hmm. and Peggy congratulates Megan on closing that deal, uh, which was kind of an awkward conversation. Most things opinion. with Peggy are. I felt it was more awkward on Megan's side, actually. I after The first time I watched it, I thought, oh, man, Peggy is jealous of Megan. The second time I watched it, I got a little hint of that, but I felt like Megan, when Peggy says, this is as good as the job gets, I felt like Megan kind of lost the conversation there. She was like, oh. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. really? This isn't good enough. And especially when you combine that with her dad's statement at yes. the dinner at the end, where he says, you you just skipped the, you skipped everything and went straight right. to the end. Right. Well, now that's not only what she's done with by marrying Don, but that's what she's done in her professional life, too. Yeah. She's skipped being a secretary. She's skipped working her way through her first shitty copywriting jobs. Right. Now she's just, what, head of the company? I mean, what the fuck? Right. So... I felt like she recognized that in a lot of ways. And definitely, I thought Peggy, I think she was genuinely happy for her, but she did that weird thing like she did with Dawn uh, earlier in the season where she uh, tried to be empathetic towards her position mm-hmm. and ended up coming across as very condescending. Yeah. Like, she oh, got yeah, too enthusiastic is, about it. Yeah, it's like, this is, uh, I've, I've done all this before, and they tried to do this to me, and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so I felt like by trying to be empathetic and encouraging, she made it once again about her yeah. and everything had to be uh, viewed through the, the prism of Peggy. That's true. And that's where it kind of went pear shaped for her. And but there yeah. is some jealousy there, right? I, I mean, yeah, I, I felt like, yes, definitely jealousy okay. because again, my theory is Peggy's in love with Don, but, um, not anybody wants to hear that, but <laughs> the, but I also think that Megan did start off that sequence reasonably happy. Mm-hmm. But then when Peggy said, this is as good as it gets, that's what made her, you know, it's like, wow, this is it really worth it. Yeah. And also, like you said, she's realizing that all the stuff that Peggy's talking about there, she didn't do. Yeah, she hasn't earned any of this stuff. Right. She's just fallen into it, kind of. Uh, next scene, the Draper women return from a day out shopping, mm-hmm. and Megan's parents get into a fight. Again. Uh Again, yeah, this is the big the big blow up where they actually go into the other room and start shouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, he's always she's always taking a shit on him. What? <laughs> There's some line in here that's really funny. Uh, yeah, just you, like your mother always taking a shit or always. I think he's like shitting you won't be happy until I'm covered in shit or something. Yeah, always covering me shit. Maybe something like that. It was all in French too. Yeah, it was. But it was kind of hilarious because. Uh, <laughs> First of all, they come in just holding bags and bags of shopping, which is going to already prime the old man to explode because that's blatant materialism. Second, he's got Bobby refilling his fountain ink pen on the white carpet. (laughs) 
<laughs> what an asshole. This white carpet is collecting purple hearts. I mean, <laughs> it had the party. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. now got the... I mean, who the hell does that? Buys He's, white carpet or lets the kid play on the it? The latter. Don't yeah. you think that's a dick move? A, oh, certainly. A obvious dick move? And he's not even supervising him. He's just reading. Right. Uh, yeah. And then guy doesn't care. Then Marie says every daughter should get to see her dad be a success, and that just made him yeah. explode because we find out later that he is not really. Yeah, he pretends whatever. to be this intellectual. He has an advanced degree, but he hasn't achieved as much success as I think he'd like. No, which has allowed him to be vulnerable to Pete later on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't know. He's he's an interesting character. I think he's got a lot of hypocrisy to him. Definitely, yeah. but for someone to blow up at something like that, I don't. Uh, there's a lot of. Well, I get the sense that it is a constant thing in their house. You know, mm. I mean, she just constantly shits on him, like he said. Yeah, but uh, never good enough. On the other hand, I wonder how much of that pressure he puts on himself. Like he, sure. he's got so many sour grapes, and she's tired of him, like being jealous of other success, mm-hmm. and then tried to turn that. Like we've had a friend that does that. Like he gets. He sees other people successful, and he's scornful of it, and then he somehow turns it into, like, being successful is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, then quit hating. I mean, if, if that's such a burden and it's such a bunch of bullshit that you that, that, that it infects your life with, then why are you being jealous of the people that they are successful? Success, yeah. Right. You wouldn't want success. Stop chasing it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, that, there's, that, there's that, a, that that martyr routine gets old quick. It does. It does. So I kind of feel a little bit more sympathetic to Marie than Emile at this point. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we didn't get to see Sally's fancy new digs yet. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to see that later. I uh, I think Don wishes he had seen them now so he could have put the kibosh right. on it earlier. Right. Um, but let's move on. Peggy's mother comes over for dinner and an announcement. This is not the actual announcement yet. No. Uh, this is kind of the lead up to it. Uh, she arrives with a cake, and that's pretty much all that happens here. Right. His mother-daughter announcer living in Sin Night. Yeah. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Great. <laughs> uh, then the Drapers and Roger get ready to go to the Codfish Ball, and Don is surprised to see what Sally's wearing. Yep. Maybe a little too adult with the uh, thigh-high boots, huh? The go-go boots and yeah. the, the makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not having it. And Emil, so was Emil deliberate or was this a French-Canadian malapropism or I probably butchered that uh, misstatement when he said, one day your girl will spread her legs? <laughs> First of all, hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. Maybe the funniest line in the episode, I thought. Uh-huh. Um, I read somewhere, I'm trying to remember where it was. But somebody had a good theory on this, that Emil was saying that on purpose, but relying on the fact that he doesn't speak great English to get one over on Don. Right. Don wouldn't accuse him of it because, well, his fallback is, oh, I uh, I misspoke. Right. I don't speak he, your language. He does a lot of that passage. This is like what I said Pat, before. Very you know, he yeah. said, comes across as self-deprecating, but he's actually being a dick. Yeah. I, I think he meant to be a dick, but he did it in a way that people, that he could excuse himself if people caught on. Right. Uh, also, how charming is Roger? Super charming. Is there... That's, that's his number one skill. Um, Seppenwall was talking to, yesterday on his podcast. Is there anyone that John Slattery does not have chemistry with? Like you throw John Kim, John Slattery with like Betty, like she he would probably make you like Betty more probably. if he hung out with her for a whole episode. Probably, 
I, I don't know, man. Uh, every time he's on screen, I enjoy it. I mean, he charms the pants off of Marie. He charm. He ends up charming her <laughs> the lipstick off of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pants stay on. He charms his own pants off. Yeah, and then, and then uh-huh. lipstick. Uh, yeah, he's a charming guy. Uh, all right. So then they go to the codfish ball. Well, apparently there are no issues with last minute invites and changing of you know like you can just invite your daughter and there'll oh, be a no space problem. for her. Yeah, and, and my wife's parents. Come on, just bring the whole clan. Right. Uh, I keep calling this a codfish ball. It's not the codfish no. ball, obviously, but that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, so they go there, and Don and Pete meet Ed from Dow Corning, and Roger makes Sally his date. Well, and right away, Sally's disappointed that there's no, like, grand staircase. Yeah. And which I kind of wonder if this Sweet. isn't uh, an elaborate callback to the Cinderella plot from a couple episodes back. Uh, you know, yeah. that she wanted to get dressed up for the ball. Mm. And, you know, she thought this adult world was going to be so glamorous. And right away, <laughs> it's not uh, a fairy tale princess for, because, number one, her dad scolds her and makes her take off all her pretty clothes. Mm-hmm. Then she gets there and there's no grand ball staircase where everybody's oohing and on as she then she finds out that you have to eat a. I, I wouldn't eat that fish, honestly. No, it looked like okay. At the end of this episode, Sally says that the she calls New York dirty, right? And I would call her fish dirty. It looked like somebody <laughs> had dropped that fish on the floor, picked it up, cooked it, and put it on her plate. It looks like you took a fish, uh, you put it on a microwave, you put it in a microwave. <laughs> And just put it on microwave for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And just let it burn. And then throw it let on a plate and eat that, kid. Yeah, dry as hell. Like, if you're a kid that doesn't like fish, <laughs> that's your worst nightmare for what a fish would look and probably taste yeah, like. Yeah, because you don't normally see fish, like, full-body fish. Head, now, I'm sure fins, everything. A listener will come in and chime in and say this is some kind of, you know, super rare pickled uh, you know, kind of like kind of. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, like ultra fine cuisine, but it's not codfish. I'm not eating it. <laughs> I want the spaghetti meatballs. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Sally, please. Uh huh. Uh yeah yeah. We'll get to a lot of stuff with this ball. This ball is really good, actually. Uh huh. Uh, the next scene is Pete putting his charms to work on a meal, uh, and Sally actually eating that gross, disgusting fish. Um, it's it's interesting. Emile's reaction to being dazzled by Pete here, to being flattered mm-hmm. by Pete. Mm-hmm. Because Emile is a guy who is a socialist, right? I mean, he's talking about Karl Marx. Right. Um, he has socialist ideals and, and purports to follow that philosophy. And yet the recognition that he desires and the the envy that he has for Don's success in life kind of betrays all those principles of, mm-hmm. oh, we all need to be equal and... No, he does. He's very flattered by what Pete's saying. He thinks he agrees with what oh, Pete's he's saying. eating it up. That's not very socialist mentality, in my opinion. Right. No, I, there it speaks to his broad hypocrisy. But I also thought that this illuminated his earlier exchange with Don, where he retroactively realized Don might have been insincerely buttering him up because <laughs> Don uh-huh. is an ad, is an is an ad man too, and. Yeah. He, Pete just did this so slick he didn't even realize what was happening, and he, like, went, aha, and then started laughing. So, yeah. And I felt like at that point, Emil really turned and got nasty. He did. Because maybe Don had earned some goodwill before, but that basically unveiled the magic yeah, or revealed sure. the magic trick, and now... It certainly cast on a, 
a different light. Sure, sure. And then he had him in. Yep. Uh, and, and we'll see the outcome of that later. Uh, so then Peggy drops the good news on her mother, who is less than pleased, we'll say that. Uh, and she gets she gets chewed out. Abe leaves, uh, goes to get her a taxi, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gets stern talking to by her mother. Mm-hmm. So her advice for women who are lonely is go get a cat. Yeah. Thir- and, and then get another. And then and get another. another, and then you're done. <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how long do cats live? Uh, they can live surprisingly 15, a long time. 15 years? The 18, the 20? I mean, 18, God, 20? I saw just on Reddit the other day, I saw someone yeah. post a picture of their goddamn 22-year-old cat. Wow. So you get three cats in life. Yeah, three cats a human yeah. lifespan. Okay. Yeah. And Fair if enough. not, you just put a bullet in your head because... Because <laughs> you've already had three cats. Right. You're, you're done. <laughs> um, yeah. So she takes the cake back as well. I <laughs> Which that's that. despite. It is spite. Uh, and she says as much. I'm not giving a cake to somebody who's living in sin. It's kind of amazing, you though, know? that she would... I mean, she all but says... No, she doesn't all but say. She says, I'd rather you lie... And yeah. keep me in the dark about your life, then tell me this disgusting thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And she already wasn't happy because Abe's a Jew, right? Uh, Although the ham thing yeah. was a little interesting. Certainly. Abe's I, favorite. She she tried to play that off, though, and I kind of think that's genuine. Like, yeah. I think she would rather Peggy marry. She kind of felt like, I felt like she was ready for to be mildly pleased. When she's like, oh, you've got something to tell me. And then when they said we're moving in together. It, so I don't think the Jew thing was that big a deal to her. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. She did seem I to find her much. hard to read her. Yeah. Well, I, she seems to say what she's thinking. So Yeah, but anyone. If she doesn't say anything about being a Jew, she probably isn't uh, concerned about it. I don't know. Anyone that spends that much time saying that they'd rather live in a fantasy life than a real world is hard for me to get in inside their head. Yeah, that's true. A lot of guilt there about, you know, uh, I felt like Peggy and her had dueling opinions of what d- her dad, because, you know, Peggy's dad died, uh, I believe, early on in the first season, secondly, his second, like, died on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um they had different opinions about him? Well, like, you know, because Peggy said, I think my dad would want me to be happy. And she came back with, no, your dad would want you to be miserable. So, <laughs> no, your dad wants you to be miserable. I don't know. What? I just thought there was a different uh, family relationship, like a, a weird mom and dad at loggerheads. There's, that's another theme that was repeated throughout this episode. No one seems to be happy with their parents. No one in this show. Ken. I mean... Ken's got Ken, uh, yeah. Ken has a perfect life. Yeah, <laughs> Ken's happy all the time. Right. He's got a nice wife. He's no problem Ed with Baxter, his family. Yeah, he's got a he's got a super dad. He's at Dow Corning, ma- busy making dishes, glassware, and napalm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, let's move on. There are a couple smaller scenes here. Um, Don accepts his award and shows it to Sally, and she I forget exactly what she says, but she gives it back to him. She doesn't want to keep it, right? Because uh, it means so much to him. Uh, and Marie hits on Roger. We also get the the, kind of the song reference here. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Roger drops on I Got You a Shirley Temple, mm-hmm. and At the Codfish Ball is a classic song from a Shirley Temple uh, movie. Yeah. Which is literally just a not... To me, I look at the lyrics. I don't think there's any need to discuss it, ongoing metaphor, but it's just about a uh, literal undersea ball, nonsense lyrics about fish getting together and lobsters and all that stuff and having a big party. 
Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting. Shirley Temple was kind of renowned for how much older she acted than she looked and was, right? When she Mm -hmm. was a very young child star. I think Sally is approaching that as well. I mean, she is very much acting like an adult, almost more so than a lot of the other actors in this, um, or or a lot of the other characters. The actors are all acting fun. Uh, but she's acting more grown up than she is. Yeah, in this I mean, scenario. certainly because the Shirley Temple—that's basically the kitty. That's literally called the kitty cocktail. So mm-hmm. when you want to pretend that you're drinking the big, the big drinks, they roll out the Shirley Temple. And yeah, uh, up to this point, Sally is very much into pretending to be an adult in this episode. It definitely, yeah. Uh, then Marie hits on Roger. Anything interesting you want to talk about in this episode or in this scene? No, just basically they're talking themselves into. It's okay to have an affair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we see, I guess, here that Roger's view really, really has changed. I mean, there's the whole thing about when do you give up, when do you stop trying, or when do you decide it's okay, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is such a different view than the conversation that he had with Don about all these young guys coming up and just kicking his ass uh, a couple episodes ago that the LSD experience really affected him. Hmm. Uh, I mean, fundamentally it changed his opinion or his views on himself. Agreed. How much that, because that's the thing is like, it's not a magic drug. I mean, it gives you more insights yourself, but it doesn't give you the keys to successfully overcome it or, 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 you know, take action on that stuff. And I don't, yeah. uh, I feel like Roger's just doing the same kind of stupid stuff he was before. I mean, certainly, yeah. Hooking I mean, up he's, with Megan's mom. Is he he realizes that he needs to get his ass busy and and go, you know, compete with Pete and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But other than that, I don't, you know, and 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 prove that he gets stuff under his own steam. I don't know what getting a blowjob from Don's wife's mom is going to do towards that goal. But you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. What, what do you remember? Don what I do? you said something, and I said you helped enlighten me about something. No. It was too long ago. It I've got to stop drinking ago. for these podcasts. I know. Because <laughs> right. that was a really good point. And now... Dope. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on then. Sally leaves the table to find the bathroom. Uh, very important there. And Emil questions why Megan is with Don. This, I feel, is a very important conversation that will have big ramifications in the future. Right. Because uh, what happens here is Emil basically says, hey, you wanted to be an actor... Why are you with this guy? No, Why he did doesn't you give say up on that. He says he doesn't specifically say actress. That's true. He doesn't say that outright. Because I, there's a lot of listener feedback that I kind of concur with that I don't necessarily see him approving of her being an actress, although that is, I guess, part of the arts. But he says, you know, you've changed. You've skipped the struggle and you went to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad for your soul. I hate that you gave up. Uh, don't love. Don't let your love for this man stop you from doing what you love to do. And then she's like, you know, they had that weird exchange about not tonight. She's like, okay, not tonight. And the first time I saw that, I'm like, is Megan some kind of brainwashed, super Canadian hippie Marxist agent that's going to assassinate Don? Get out of here. You're insane. I know, I know. (laughs) But it's like that's – it was kind of a surreal scene the first time I saw it. Hmm. Didn't you get that? No, like, I was like, I what's pretty straightforward? What the? And, and maybe it's because I'm a little paranoid because the listeners have been hammering in this whole, like, well, she's an actress and she's not who she is and all. So I, I mean, I, just to be clear, I didn't leap to that conclusion. I just didn't know <laughs> sure. what the hell yeah. I had seen the first time I saw it. I don't know. I thought he was encouraging her to, like you said, do what she loves. And 
but what we know of her history, what she loved was acting. I feel like, yeah, but I think some of this was again out of jealousy and spite. Uh, oh, certainly. I mean, her father has all kinds of issues. Although that he's taking out on other people. I don't know that he would have said this if she looked happy because she, he did catch her looking unhappy. Yeah, and that's what that's provoked true. all this exchange. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think that seed was planted. Um, well, of course, there was last episode's body slam. That seed <laughs> seed was planted there on right. the carpet. Um, but then there was Peggy earlier telling her how great it was and how uh, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. And so I think she was starting to realize, uh-oh, uh, I have kind of skipped everything. Right. Um, so Sally is trying to find the bathroom. She opens the door and bam, Marie blowing Roger. Just so right there just, in an empty you, room. I was going to say, you just not lock the door. You just go and find an empty room. And yeah, probably does this happen lock. at the American Cancer Society balls? All the time. Yeah? Yeah. Only when they serve codfish? <laughs> yeah. It's a known aphrodisiac, that microwave fish. It is. Uh, yeah. She walks away shell-shocked. Yeah. Full she doesn't thousand even have to go to the bathroom stare. anymore. No, it, it's... Just <laughs> took the piss right out of her. <laughs> The pee osmotically absorbed back through her body instantaneously. Yep. It had to power her brain to process what she was seeing. Right. Um, so yeah. Spe- speaking of shell-shocked, there is yes. another another uh, emotional body blow that is sustained by a draper. Yep. Um, he gets uh, Ed Baxter, that's Ken's dad, kind of alone. And he lays out, like, look, you poor fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to get awards, but these people are never going to do business with you because you bit the hand. You bit the hand that feeds you. Yeah, and Don didn't realize that. And up until now, everyone thought that was stupid. He said it's going to be what saves us. Roger came around and was like, yeah, you're right. This is a good deal for us. But now we see that Don is, for the first time in his life, a liability to the firm. Yeah. That the reason they're still struggling and not growing as fast is because of him. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because, you know, say what you will about what he does for a work, uh, what ad, what company would want you to represent them if when things go bad and you lose accounts? Because that shit happens. Yeah. Uh, that you're going to take a full page ad in the New York Times and torch them. Mm-hmm. You know, next thing's like Heinz beans, Heinz cholesterol, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, Number uh, one cause of being fatty. I don't know. Who, who knows what they would say, but. Sure. No, I, I think it's a great uh, plot element to bring back in right now. Did you think because of that? Don is at a low point. I mean, he's he's just been shown up by his wife, who has just started doing what he's doing. Uh, she came up with a better pitch and a better slogan than he could have. Uh, she pitched it or delivered the pitch, I guess, better uh, than he was at the Heinz meeting. Uh, he's just been told by Cooper that he's not doing his, his job. He's at a low point, and now to have that realization on top of it, that you might be the cause of the firm not doing as well as it should, hmm. that's big. Uh, this could really hurt Don's psyche. Right. And his confidence. And what is Don without his confidence, you know? He is Dick Whitman. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be pretty rough on him. Uh, then there's the, the zooming table shot here, where everybody comes back to the table. Which uh, I... Everybody but Roger. Uh, which I think would have been the perfect last shot. and It would have, yeah. I felt good. like the Wiener, uh, he had to go for the bookend. Yeah, with the phone call. To, with the phone to call Glenn. to the phone call, but yeah. it was not a 
you know, that, that kind of being a slave to the structure ruined the best last shot in, in the, 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 the episode, as far as I'm concerned. The oh, whole how's the right. city dirty fade to black or cut to black. Eh. Yeah. You liked it a lot though, didn't you? I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you though. That it would have been a better ending shot to have on, on the table there. Um, it was this Sally's first glimpse into Don's actual work life, like him boozing and schmoozing. With Probably. People. I mean, he's taken her to work like that one time she yeah. ran away. <laughs> uh, yeah. But again, you know, but that was just the office where yeah. he's not seeing clients and stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of I felt like a realization to him, to her. Right. Uh, what what goes on in my father's work? And she life. was she was playing, you know, to, talking about really old. I mean, she was playing Roger's date, the whole go get him tiger and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyone else, I'd probably come across as creepy, but it came across immensely charming out of Roger. Yeah. yeah. Man, I wish I could think of what I wanted to say. It was brilliant. <laughs> probably well, the best point I've ever had in a podcast. You can say a lot in the feedback section. I will say it won't be my brilliance. It'll be others. Yeah. So not not as cool in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, damn you, no alcohol. Kill, killer brain cells. All right. Um, so feedback. as has become our custom we're opening up with feedback from uh jason from the nattercast nattercast.blogspot.com cool talking about last episode he says there's an art to the don draper dress down he's doing a give the, give us a compelling reason about why peggy's approach last episode setting the heinz guy in his place failed a lot of people okay. said it's her inexperience her her femaleness and the mm. sexism of the he also has a, another uh, idea he says, if you're going to do a drape, the, the draper, you got to go full draper. There's no recovery from a half draper. In this case, going full draper means not just telling the client that they're being spoiled and unreasonable, though they are. That's the stick, and Peggy swung it pretty well. But then you have to offer the carrot. When going full draper, it's important to know where you want the conversation to land. And where you want to, to land is for the client to see that you are flattering them with your impatience. What Peggy should have done when the Heinz guy asked her to give him what he wants instead of what he asked for is to hand him her business card and show him the door. Quote, there are a thousand admin in this town who can sell beans. No one needs to sell beans. They're inexpensive, convenient, nutritious, and they don't go bad. Beans sell themselves. We're not here to sell beans. We're here to sell Heinz. Heinz is more than beans. Heinz is family. Heinz is hearth and home. Heinz is the constant and unyielding staff of life that shelters us from the maelstrom of chaos that surrounds us every day. When you send your children off to college with Heinz, you're sending them off with a trusted friend. So when you're ready to stop wasting time on beans and start selling Heinz, you give me a call. End quote. Then she walks out of the office. That's how you do the full draper. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good, work. Jason. Very good. Sounds Hard good to argue me. with. Uh, side note, is there a T in Heinz? No. Or do you just say it with a T? I say Heinz. Am I, I putting say a Heinz. T? Heinz? Heinz. Okay. Am I mispronouncing I, <laughs> fucking bean? Is that what I've been reduced to? I think you might be. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not positive that. I blame, I'm sure our listeners will I blame you know. my shitty podunk Indiana education, <laughs> elementary school and, education. Uh, about three fingers of scotch. No. Three fingers of the scotch never lies. Uh, moving on. Matt says, last couple of podcasts, you mentioned Don, Megan, and kids coming back from Disney World in Florida. Last season and a flashback this season, actually they went to Disneyland. In California, yeah. Disney World didn't open until 1971. See, I was shocked by that because I assumed Disney World is the original, Disneyland is the spinoff. I knew that back in my head, 
or I knew that in the back of my head that mm. that that's that's correct. Um, but I forgot it in the cast. Yeah, oh. and I can't pronounce. Uh, no, I think I can't I pronounce was Heinz the one right who either. Said Disney World or something. Heinz, Heinz, nine. Uh, Mike says the one area I disagreed with your review was with regard to the Don Megan trip to Hojo and the post argument sequence where Don returns to Hojo after ditching Megan there. His long vigil in the uh, fight in the apartment. You guys found it to be the weakest part of the no, episode. No, no. Not you guys, me. Yes, just yeah, Jim. And, and I responded to this email, uh, but keep going. I believe my response was, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, other ex, uh, sounds of such as that. Uh, I have to say I found it somewhat devastating. Uh, clearly, this relationship is degenerating into uh, something very unhealthy and will either end soon, as you suggest, or could it be that between the ugly turn in his marriage and the reprimand at work that Don will... Make some attempt at overcoming his demons. Could Don attempt psychotherapy? He could, but that seems boring, so I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's why they didn't go with Dr. Fay, because uh, maybe the the Wiener realized that, yes, that would be pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that Don has some heavy shit in his life that is unresolved, and I can't see how the slow downward spiral will turn around until he finds a way to make peace with it all. Do you? Uh, I'm beginning to think that the series may take Don all the way down from the high-flying, successful, rich, and respected businessman that he was at the start of the series, a house of cards based in large part on lies, to a sad relic out of his time and out of touch. I fear he will genuinely hit rock bottom before he finally faces who he really is, and then maybe he can rise again on the basis of his real talent as an ad man. Maybe it won't be quite that dramatic, but I just don't see how Don ever goes back to being an enigmatic, unstoppably cool figure he was at the start of the series at this point. Uh, these themes fit with the changing times in the sixties as well. Can you picture Don with longer hair and sideburns and a polyester jacket and a wide tie or a turtleneck in the 1970s? No. Yeah. I've talked about that. I can't. I, no. I, no. Or will he remain stuck in time and fade away? Uh, I vote for that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen much change out of Don. No. Period. At all. Like Roger. I mean, yeah, sure. True. Now, now we saw a big change, but it was a sudden big change and we don't know if it'll last. With Don, we've seen very little movement from the Don in season one uh, until he met up with Megan and became happier, I guess. Yeah, the only thing I said, we haven't, he hasn't changed a lot, but we mm-hmm. have seen, you know, at first we thought he was the one thing, and then we see, you know, yeah. how diseased he really is. Sure, so sure. I don't think he's changed our perception of him has. Uh, certainly, yeah. So, uh, what do you make of that? Do you think that I don't think that Don is going to have a redemption arc because I don't think that's what that's not the story that Weiner wants to set, tell. I think he's fundamentally talking about you know the the loss of innocence and how that was a necessary component of America growing up. Hmm. America needed to grow the fuck up. Only time will tell. So, uh, Pat says uh, first of all she has. A long list of credentials of uh, while she is a ex- uh, another excellent female correspondent who, again, laid out a pretty convincing case for her to be an expert on the Mad Men times and locales. Okay. And it's just time I'm going to only read the um, s- some of the stuff she actually mentioned about the show. Uh, she said she agrees that Don is more vulnerable with Megan than we ever saw him with Betty. One reason may be that Don is letting out his inner submissive or wish to be punished, one aspect of his complex personality. She calls back to the scene in the previous uh, season where he asked a whore to slap him during sex. Don is neglected, so he might be willing to let down his guard with Megan to take care of him. Also, as men get older, which Don is now 40, their testosterone goes down, so it might be part of his aging process. Also, like the listener feedback that Megan is accepting of who he is, all reasons to see a somewhat different or changing Don in this relationship. 
Um, so I definitely he does have this. He's got so much control over himself in his personal and professional life that I do think he has that kind of almost weird submissive streak, or maybe a, I guess a switch. I am certainly no psychologist. I don't know how that works. I I don't know what would indicate that he has some sort of uh, suppressed. I think I might have accidentally. Or actually, let's let's continue because this kind of dovetails with Shep's point that he he makes. Okay. Uh, said more strong hints that Megan is just as much a uh, mommy to Don as a wife. Last week during the dinner party, he followed her orders, calling Trudy and going somewhere he didn't want to, and she basically picked out the outfit he wore. This week he looked like a little kid lost in department stores. He searched for her in a Hojo's parking lot and later clutched at her waist once he found her. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the way he ordered her around felt like Don was Megan's daddy, and she very much played out the little girl, especially the way she went nuts on the, sh- on the sherbet. Um, so I, that, I think, dovetails with Pat's point in that he does have this kind of, like, you know, lost kid and wants to be taken care of, but he also has that dominant streak that rebels against it. Maybe so. All right. So you're not going to refuse to engage in psychoanalysis. I am no doctor. We'll just say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the new stuff in the new episodes. Uh, Lisa Langford, our new black correspondent for Mad Men, uh, senior black correspondent, says, uh, please let Don and Megan's mom get together. Uh, and also, don't be fooled by Peggy, Megan. She will cut you. So is she that- doesn't think – first of all, she doesn't think Peggy is that supportive of Megan. Number two, she wants Don and Megan's mom to get together. <laughs> uh, is that Don or Dawn? <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's, it's Don, not okay. Dawn. All right. Uh, would that not be interesting if you, you lose the cheating bet finally uh, to Don? That would be messed up, man. <sighs> she – Megan's mom – Has the capacity to chase him pretty hard. And yeah. like Chris Rock says, you know – Men don't have men can avoid chasing after pussy, but there's not a man fast enough alive that can outrun it when it chases you. <laughs> nice. Uh that would be so weird. Yeah. Do you think they'd try to keep it secret or would somebody find out or I don't know. I mean, I could maybe see that if it's something they actually got away with and that just like eats it done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's too, it's that's, too that's creepy gross. for me to think about, man. <laughs> like, ooh. Uh, Captain Noel Albano writes in, hey, I have mixed feelings about this episode. Um, is this finally the innocence lost, dream, uh, innocence lost slash dream deferred consummate 60s episode? Yawn. Let's see some not conveniently in the background civil <laughs> rights action, and then I'll believe we're in the 60s. Why are we seeing so much of Megan? I get that we're peeling away layers of what it means to be Don via interactions with his new wife, but Don's despicable nature and inevitable disappointment seem hackneyed. So are we being led to an inevitable dramatic crisis? Please help me, Weiner. I want to explore Lane's issues, see more about what Ginsburg can do, check in on how the other accounts are faring, and deal with Betty and her health issues. Speaking of whom, I'm finding that Betty Draper's storylines from season one and two were much more fascinating than Megan Draper's storylines in seasons four through five. Hmm. I hope Megan will soon get to a place whereby Don's character truly evolves, and as it stands now, I see that happening via Megan's advertising star rising while Don's falls fast. Yeah, this interaction with her parents, I, was that before this episode? Nope, this was new stuff. This was this episode? Okay. Yes. Uh, I don't know. In my opinion, I think the end, the very end of this episode, the conversation she has with her dad is going to drive Megan in a very different direction. 
um, mm. from what she she may have been wanting to do. So I think it's going to start snowballing and picking up. I will disagree a little bit with the captain here. I think that, number one, N- Megan is at least as interesting as Betty. And I actually like Megan, and I don't like Betty, too. So there's that. Number oh, two... Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, Megan was a complete cipher to us. In fact, yeah. the number one reaction amongst fans and sev- including us is like, my God, why is Don doing this? This is the stupidest freaking thing ever. Mm. So I think Weiner had to sit down and tell the story of Megan to justify why he had Don do that impulsive act. And That's honestly, he really flipped. I thought that was going to be the dumbest thing to the point where I was really fantasizing about them just coming back and Megan's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and now I can't imagine it playing out that way. I've learned mm. a lot about Don that I didn't know before. And, um, have we even had a full season with Megan's character yet? Hell no. Well, she came. It was a very end of season four that she came in. Yeah, well, she was just some secretary exactly. and then he boned her and then he took her to Disneyland yeah. and then he got married to her. So we've had like eight, nine episodes with, with a real character there. Right. So I give her a, a few more episodes. Give her yeah. till the end of the season. I, but and I we'll see where she is. I with you. I love Lane. I need to see more Lane. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care about Betty and her health issues. I thought that was the weakest episode of the season. But I do. I don't want Megan. I don't want to become the Megan show at the expense of Lane. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll agree. Lane hasn't been in it for two episodes. Yeah. Now. I I would like to get on the Lane bandwagon. I mean, they left that. Uh, uh, what was his girl's name? Dolores? Dolores. Yeah. They left that kind of angle hanging. Yeah, that's still out there. You know, he kicked the shit out of Pete and then left the office. <laughs> and never no to come repercussions back. yet? What? Maybe he went on another uh, holiday. A forced holiday. Uh, Matthew Eikoff said, how fucking cool is Roger? He found the truth in the cosmos and he just is. He's like Roger yeah. squared. Behold his awesomeness. <laughs> Lisa Schmidt said, my favorite line from the episode, someday your daughter will spread her legs and fly away. Megan's parents made me feel at least a little more sympathetic towards her. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get to that more later. Um, Eric Tobb says, so, Megan has a distant, judgmental, and slightly sadistic father and a competitive, super hot milf of a mother. Hot girl with daddy and self-esteem issues compounded by Madame La, La, Madame La Milf. And no wonder Megan wanted to be an actress. It's amazing she wasn't a stripper, or was she? Oh. I hope her attraction to Don doesn't devolve into projected father approval grief. Weiner teases us by showing us how Megan and Don can function together as a team, a real power couple, and damn it, he makes us, well, me, want it to work out, despite the science is giving that it won't. Alas, I think much of Megan's perfection, both in appearance and behavior, will now prove to be, if not an act, armor to protect and hide something very ugly beneath. Hot chicks with self-esteem issues are always bad news in the long run. I foresee major... Plus, I want to say that any guy that says uses phrases like hot chicks with self-esteem issues has probably been through a few. <laughs> Am I right, Eric? I think I'm right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I see major psychic train wreck in their future and therefore Don's. And let's face it, however hot Megan is, her mother's hotter, or rather her mother works at being seductive 24-7. All those cigarettes, puff, puff, pouty fire engine, red lips. In retrospect, they were as Chekhovian a gun as, uh, as a Chekhovian as a gun on a mantle, weren't they? Nice. Yeah, they were. <laughs> wow. Uh, I want to make a Sulu joke, but I'm not. It would be in poor taste. Uh, I wonder if Megan's mother has done this before that Megan knows of. 
Well, like maybe she, she knows stole one of her boyfriends in the past. Well, then Megan said that they. That's the other thing that she said that this is this big cycle they go through. Hmm. And I feel like okay, you know, it's, it's one thing that I I've come to appreciate is that you get married to and you get in relationship with your own family baggage and your own issues. You try like hell not to, but you end up doing it the same until you fix. Whatever your your problem and you get rid of that baggage, you just keep finding yourself in it. Hmm. And I think that that's what Eric said in so many words is she freaking married her father. Yeah. Uh, and she's showing the early steps of maybe being, you know, with that uh, Zuba Zuba Zoo crap, uh, becoming her mother. Yeah. So that's a comfortable routine. It's familiar to her. So she would fall back into it. Uh, Jason Schenkel uh, says a couple points. Both of Megan's parents are histronic adulterers. Don's way in way over his head, and he's a tall guy in histronic adultery department. And he says, oh, sure, invite your Catholic mother over to tell you how you're going to be shacking up with your boyfriend. Have her bring cake. What could possibly go wrong? Maybe next time you can invite Ken along and your mom can blow him in the kitchen. It's what Don would have done. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. Also, and finally, <laughs> they're just fucking beans already. Beans. It would be nice to see them get a cooler account, would it not? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that Beans is put to bed. Oh, God can damn. you imagine if Roger landed like a, a whiskey company or a gin company or something? Right. <laughs> Roger would love that. Uh, Shep writes in, goes, oh, Aaron, the word chutzpah is pronounced mm-hmm. chutzpah. It made me laugh, whatever you said. Don't worry, you still man. I don't know why people pronounce chutzpah as chutzpah, but okay. Again, idiot Hoosier here. Everyone laugh. Uh, moving on. Tina, regarding Megan's past and the challenges she faces, what was her father talking about? She mentioned that Megan took the easy route and that she wasn't living the life she wanted. There was also a hint at the start of the show that what her father said that Megan went along with whatever as a child to please others. Her father talked about the philosophies of Marxism not settling for just wealth, and he appeared to have upset Megan. What does she really want? I doubt he's talking about her journey as an actress. I think Megan might be more suited for an intellectual pursuit. Did she dream of grad school or something else? Hmm. Remember, the women of her age were breaking all types of ceilings. While she performs the perfect balance of being a wife and career girl, I think her father groomed her to be an alpha female. Think like a feminine Brienne, which is the giant knight woman in Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I re- she really likes the challenge of working in a so-called men's world. So what to do? What do you think about that? Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine him being happy with her being an actress. I agree with yeah. Tina on that part. Yeah, that's uh, that's another wrinkle to consider. Certainly, uh, with their with his demeanor and not quite being sure that he was talking about acting there. Right. Yeah. And like I said, she really likes challenge of working in the so-called men's world, but I think that I think this episode she's found out to be wanting. Uh, moving on, a good friend, Levi, uh, from the Seattle-based Personal Arrogance Crew, which I'll shout out again, pa.baldmove.com, our affiliate link. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it Sunday night or read about it in the blogs, but we noticed there were a couple of classic movie references in this episode. My wife actually pointed out the first one where the hot old French lady is passed out with a cigarette in her hand. That shot is clearly an homage to The Graduate. The James Bond references, the books, and Sally's dress were easy to spot. And maybe a strip. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? What kind of, (laughs) the hell kind of movie Shirley Temple? 
Uh, but I, uh, it may be a stretch, but I took it, a, it as a Godfather reference when Roger describes Don at the award ceremony as being an Italian bride, being giving envelopes envelopes on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. Uh, could also be a Goodfellas reference. Both The Graduate and James Bond, both Casino Royale and You Only Live Twice, debuted in 1967, while The Godfather was in 1972. Another possible reference may be the Roger and Sally duo mimicking Bonnie and Clyde, although I don't remember the movie well enough to catch any subtle hints aside from their teamwork, and that was another 1967 movie. Did you guys spot anything else? We are in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only being tough on him because he's my friend. I thought, and I said this at the time we first watched it, I thought that there was a lot of Godfather feel. I thought that that final yeah. shot of the disillusioned was very much like the slow pan out of Michael from Godfather 2. Uh, the music was very Godfather. The music sounded Adam's family to me. <laughs> yeah. Really, I thought it was very. Yeah. I thought it was very Godfather music. I don't know who would be Fester in that shot, though. All right, so I can't really. Can't You're really not really even there. taking this serious. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, last last bit. Keep it together. Uh, Chef says, "I'm glad. I was glad in 507. Roger's. Oh wait, we already did that one. Sorry." Uh, he says, "This show's getting nuts with the sexual content. Last week we had Peggy mm-hmm. administering a Randy, uh, which is a handy." Random handy. Random handy. It's randy. Nice. And now Roger gets the French. Uh, polished on his knob like he's Bill Clinton in the Oval Office. Damn. And poor Sally walking in on that. I thought for sure at the end we'd see her popping the cap on Bluto's Rattlers. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Uh, Get the Red Pixies going. Second straight up episode that ends with Don getting his ego rocked. Last week by Burton this time when it's pointed out that none of the big money players in the room will work with him because of the article he wrote. Yeah. Yep. He's getting a lot of body shots to the old ego. Definitely. Um, kind of talked about that. Do you think <laughs> Mad Men's sexing it up? Because honestly, it's always been a sexy show. Uh, there's been a lot of sex throughout the seasons. Um, I don't. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, there have. I don't think it's any more than usual. Yeah. Honestly. Don's always hooking up with somebody in, in the previous the seasons, The blowjob right? was pretty freaking graphic, though. That's about as graphic as you can get on AMC. Yeah, I guess it adds to it that the kid was seeing it. and Yeah. Yeah, it makes it a little creepier. But this, like, last episode, last season, we saw Sally starting to play with herself. Yeah. Yeah, that was certainly more That was graphic, awkward, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, this show's a line crosser. For sure. Crossing the lines. That's all I got. There are no That's spoilers. Okay. I, I was waiting to see if you were going to read more. If we the, were vina, the Vina does not traffic in spoilers. No, he does not. Uh, then we should do the outro. Oh, shit, that's right. I, that's my job. Um, <laughs> so if you want to keep up with what me and Jim and Mad Brew are doing, uh, what do we do? We do Mad Men and wow. the Game of Thrones right now. Right now, yeah. We got we season do... season four of Breaking Bad. We got complete mm-hmm. coverage of The Walking Dead season one and two and season three of Justified yep. at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send us email at this, for this cast, please do so at madmen at baldmove.com. Uh, I hold down the fort at facebook.com slash bald move and Jim man's Twitter at bald move. Uh, there's a couple ways you can support us. Number one, please tell a friend. If you know uh, a fellow madman fan, it's a friend or family member acquaintance, uh, give them the whole link to the bald move.com site. Send them our way. We'll know what to do with them. Uh, if you would like to help us get a larger audience in a more anonymous way, uh, get an iTunes account and give us a star rating. Leave us a review. That helps us rise to the top of the new and notable list and gets us noticed by people when they're searching for Mad Men casts and uh, helps grow our show that way. And finally, uh, 
If you would like to support us on a more financial way, you can do so by shopping on Amazon. We're not asking you to buy stupid crap, but if you're buying stupid crap anyway, use our Amazon.BallMove.com link. And if you can't remember that, if you go to BallMove.com, our link to the affiliate site is right at the top. And when you click on that, it takes you to Amazon homepage. And anything you buy in that session, we get a teeny tiny cut of Amazon's profit as an advertising bonus. As sure. admin, you'd, uh, we'd appreciate that. Definitely. And that's it for this week. Next week's episode is going to be called Lady Lazarus. Are we going to commit to, because we, we've been saying this for like two Uh-oh. weeks, are we going to commit to get the, the get the donation alternative going for next week? Uh, didn't we commit for the last two weeks? Yeah, but I'm saying that? like no shit. <laughs> we really, because like I've done right. a couple times ago. First of all, I hate fucking PayPal. Yeah. And the other major player is Amazon, which doesn't help the problem of people that mm-hmm. don't want to give Amazon, Amazon the business. Money, yeah. So... Um, I I've gone there to pay there a couple other times ways to and, do it. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I actually got an email from someone about some service called Frapper, I think, which <laughs> no, there's an R in there. Uh which allows you to kind of set up a subscription for a lot of different things. So you can set how much you want to pay per month and subscribe to huh. different people within their service and uh-huh. it divvies it up according to how much you you want them to i would do anything because so, if you think amazon scumbag uh paypal is a thousand oh, times worse so yeah. i really feel bad about setting up a donate link with them yeah anything affiliated with that outfit yeah uh, you can always, uh, you can just email. mail us a dollar <laughs> to what address <laughs> that's true my PO home address one two three go and come by yourself. and just stop by at three o'clock in the morning and visit us you know that's cool <laughs> ring the doorbell yeah. we're sound sleepers five six seven times we don't mind no uh we'll we'll look into that for next week but we probably won't have it up by next week what we'll, we'll probably have a solution that we can tell you about next oh week. if you guys have a solution in mind that yeah, would work email. yeah madmen at baldmove.com And that's it. Like I said, next week is going to be Lady Lazarus. And until then, I'm Jim. Wow. Lady Lazarus, really? Another death reference? Resurrection reference? And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm (laughs) Aaron. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.